I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello and welcome to another episode of the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show. My name is Adam Bayfield and I'll be your host this evening. And with me as always is a right cheeky chappy by the name of Tony Kerr. Hello mate. How's it going? It's good, yeah, good. You see your little face. We're on Skype again, aren't we, Tony? Yeah, why have we done that? It's another one of our Skype episodes. We're quite literally phoning it in tonight. Yeah, we are. We are phoning it in. Like the England team. <laughs> it's already started. It's yeah. already started. Why are we on Skype tonight, Tone? Okay, could uh, we, we just, just couldn't be bothered. Hectic schedules, really, isn't it? It's just burnout, I think, isn't it? But yeah, you're right. It is burnout. The relentless treadmill of the podcasting schedule has finally caught up with us. Uh, and we <laughs> could, couldn't actually make it into the studio. I mean, I, I was up for it still. I said, you know, uh, yes, I'm tired. Yes, we've got a schedule problem. But I think the listeners deserve... 100% commitment from us they they deserve the best audio quality we can get and you said no they don't yeah, they don't deserve well, f- all was your words the trade off though for the listeners is that whilst yeah whilst the audio quality might be slightly inferior this week uh, you'll get a better product from me because I'll be less annoyed uh, that I've had to flog all the way back out to work after a 12 hour day <laughs> uh, and and I'll be less tired and I've eaten so it's all good yeah, it's probably fair enough. I mean, obviously this wouldn't happen, but if for some reason we were doing this at my workplace, which, as I say, wouldn't make sense, because why would we? Uh, but, yeah, I wouldn't want to go back after a full working day. So, you know, I think, you know, the listeners maybe don't appreciate the, the sort of uh, the commitment that you put in just by worst, turning up. Worst place to do a podcast in a library. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are on video chat, though, Tone. I can see you. You should bear that in mind before you yeah. start playing Temple Run on your phone or anything. Uh, but yeah. It's quite useful doing this because I can actually get some good personal admin done in the podcast, <laughs> just when you're going off on one. <laughs> just catching up on all your Facebook correspondence. He's already gone. Like, I can see it in your eyes. What are you doing? I'm reading, I'm reading quick info. You're just playing football manager over there. That's all right. Well, you do that, Tone. I'll just, uh, I'll just take a sip of lemonade. April Fool! It's not lemonade, it's water. <laughs> Did I get you? Oh, you got me. You got me. Thank God it's the end of the day. <laughs> is, is there a rule that you're not allowed to do April Fool's after midday? Is that... Uh, that's pinch punch, isn't it? Is uh, it? So, yeah, did you get got today? No, I, I've not really been... Uh, no one's really hit me with any April Fool's particularly. You sent me a text saying how much you hate April Fool's Day and you put a Facebook status about it. Well, yeah, I do hate it, I have to say. I do actually hate it uh, because it's just it's annoying. It annoys me. I think I've probably said this before, but it's like the only two... Well, the two days... Uh, I'm actually going to go on holiday for the next year, I think, that I just don't want to be anywhere near anybody is April Fool's and A-Level Results Day. Uh, just because it's boring. It's boring. I don't care. 
results. Uh, you know, we all we all did we all yeah we've all done it. Uh, and April Fools, I just think the concept's completely redundant now in the internet age. Literally every day, as an internet user, you're bombarded with hoaxes and spoofs and gags. Maybe there was a place for April Fools back in the day when everyone was deadly serious. But now, <laughs> this, now we're all just ladding around the whole time. It's like... <laughs> yeah, everyone's mucking about so much. Yeah, exactly. No one takes anything serious anymore. <laughs> so like, what? Well, it's just annoying, and it just annoys me that everyone puts effort into, you know, waste time making these silly gags that aren't even funny. <laughs> that made me laugh. Like, you did eventually bring it back, but like before this show, uh, before the start of the show, I. Uh... You know, we discussed it, and I said I'd I'd tee you up, <laughs> I'd set you up to talk about April Fool's Day, and uh, he just used it as an opportunity to talk about A level results day. <laughs> yeah. Just you I've going got, on. I've got, to, I've got, to, got to take these platforms. Got to use them. How's it going anyway? Apart from that. Yeah, well, yeah, you've caught me on a you caught me on a bad day. No, no, it's good actually. Yeah, pretty top top business. Have you been enjoying the cricket this week? If you That's ignore what's in... happened to England. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's been entertaining, isn't it? It's been a really good tournament. Uh, there's a lot of debates coming out of it. Is there? Format, about associate cricket, about England, other things probably. Well, and we'll probably talk about them, I would imagine, on this uh, cricket discussion show. Because uh, we are getting towards the business end of that tournament now, aren't we? The World 2020 is, of course, what we're talking about. Uh, the semi-finals start on Thursday. It's a very short business end, isn't it? Blink and you will miss it. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to be talking uh, about the Super 10s in frightening depth on tonight's show. But just before we get stuck into all of that, uh, should we talk about the Fantasy League, Tony? Do you want to talk about the Fantasy League? Well, we can, yeah, we can gloss over it quickly if you want. Now, when last we left the listeners, uh, you were ahead of me in the Fantasy League table. Uh, things have changed a bit. Things have changed a bit in the last week. Regular listeners, of course, are aware that uh, uh, we're running a World Cricket Show Fantasy Mini League on the official ICC Fantasy game. And yeah, last week, Tony, you were, what, in third, I believe? And uh, I was I was down in fifth. That's not the situation anymore. No, it's been a slight... I mean, there's been you know, ups and downs as ever, but, uh, yeah. I feel like I'm still on the shoulder. I'm still ready I'm to bounce. I'm just looking at the table now. Ashwin Varghese is, is at the top. But then in second place, there's an absolute legend by the name of Adam Bayfield. And we have to go all the way down to fifth to find Tony Kerr. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, you're kind of... a uh, Test nation elitist, aren't you? So you didn't really take any notice of the, the first round, uh, but you've done well. Yeah, you've done all right. The second, you know, this, this knockout, so super tens, whatever they're called. Well, I went soaring past you on Saturday and immediately uh, <laughs> took a screenshot of the table and posted it on the uh, World Cricket Show Facebook page, and it was met with staggering radio silence. Uh, and actually, <laughs> a, a listener by the name of Andrew Hunter posted a comment just saying, three hours and still no likes." Hashtag Team Tony. They are out there, Tony. These Tony yeah, fans. Right. It's good to know. It is good to know. You know, I think at least we're both at the, the you know at the right end of the table. I think we've proved ourselves in the last couple of weeks. See, I wonder whether it is a kind of hashtag Team Tony situation, or whether in actual fact the listeners just care a lot less about the fantasy league and you know which one of do. us finishes above the other <laughs> yeah. than we perhaps think that they do. Entirely possible. Entirely possible. It is. It's one of the most taxing things. You can sign up for. Uh, you you know, have to it, invest a lot of time in it. Well, it's just absolutely bull. To be quite honest, steady on time. I mean, I know. Uh, I, I know that. we're not in the studio anymore, but we're still bound by FCC regulations on this podcast. You know, 
we're the best part two weeks deep into this tournament now. Uh, and it requires you to, by a certain time, at two, it's, got, it's basically two appointments a day to change your team. <laughs> really frustrating. So I had an exceptionally busy week last week and that's cost me. There, I mean, there should be some kind of like mulligan where if you like, you can have one day where you forget to, forget to change it or something. I don't know. You somehow kind of, you know, retrospectively pick your team. <laughs> <laughs> if I was going to recommend one change, seriously, it would be that you should be able to pick your captain for each of the two games in that day, the night before. Because yeah, you've got to you've got to change your captain at like ten o'clock on a on a weekday morning. Yeah, exactly. It's just a nightmare, an absolute nightmare. <laughs> uh, but there we go. World twenty twenty. On this part of the show, we talk about the world twenty twenty, which is hurtling towards a climax out in Bangladesh. Uh, the Super Tens are now over, and we've got our semi-final lineup. Uh, the first one. It's going to take place on Thursday and it'll be between Sri Lanka and West Indies. And the second semi-final on Friday will be India against South Africa. India and South Africa each qualified with a game to spare. Sri Lanka came through a de facto quarter-final against New Zealand. And West Indies today came through a de facto quarter-final against Pakistan. So that's the semi-final line-up, Tone. How close did you get with your predictions before the tournament? Well, in the true 2020 is 50-50 style, Uh, I got 50% of the predictions right. As did I. (laughs) So there we go. Uh, Ridiculous sport. Because you predicted... Why did we bother? (laughs) (laughs) Why do we bother? A lot of people ask me that question, actually. Because you predicted, what, uh, India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka and New Zealand. I predicted Australia, West Indies, Sri Lanka and New Zealand. We both got Sri Lanka right. And uh, you got India right, and I got West Indies right. You could make an argument for us getting fairly close to any of the permutations, really, can you? I mean, New Zealand probably should have got through. It should have been South Africa. England... We didn't predict. England, well, we didn't predict, but the last game against the Dutch side, they might have got through. Yeah, which, which wouldn't have... Uh, which, which wouldn't have... Validated our predictions. our predictions at all. Australia, who I predicted would get to the final... We're, we're, we're rubbish, so <laughs> there you go. I mean, it was it was an incredible performance, Tone, from Sri Lanka in that, as I say, in that essentially a quarter-final against New Zealand um, because they were in big, big trouble uh, when they were 92 for 7 in the 16th over. They managed to get up to 119, but, you know, you really thought that wasn't going to be anywhere near enough. But then just a, a staggering scorecard in the New Zealand innings. They were all out for 60, Kane Williamson made 42 of those, so 18 from all the other batsmen, uh, including four ducks. And Rangana Hirath, into the side for this game, took five for three, so Sri Lanka won the game by 59 runs. See, as I say, I mean, when they could only post 119, it looked like they were going out. So so to not only win, but to win by 59 runs is, you know, it's outrageous, really. I mean, what a comeback that was. It's the second lowest total ever defended in T20 internationals, and not only did they defend it, they uh, they defended it very comfortably. Yeah, I mean, there, there haven't really, well, I said there haven't really, there hasn't been this week since the England South Africa game, which arguably wasn't that close at all. Uh, you know, there just haven't been many close games uh, in the kind of back half of this tournament, have there? Yeah, there's been a lot of close games in the tournament, but just in the last few days. In the last few days, it seems to right. have fizzled out a bit. 
Well, it seems to have become extremely difficult to bat second. This is true. Yeah, this is all true. What are you reading? I'm reading the scorecards. <laughs> okay. The it's weird because I can't. Cause for, for me, it just looks like, yeah, you're, in, <laughs> you're just on huff post. But yeah, I mean, an unbelievable performance that from Rangana Herath. As I say, five for three. That's the cheapest fifer in T20 history. Not just T20 international history, T20 history. And yeah, just bamboozled those New Zealand batsmen. He had McCullum stumped, Taylor LBW, and in the next over, clean bowled Jimmy Neesham through the gate. So not only was he picking up wickets, but he was doing it in a kind of test match fashion. It does beg the question, why wasn't he playing earlier in this tournament? Do you think England would have chased down 190 if Herath had been bowling? Good question. Possibly not. I mean, that, you know, Shranka do have, a, well, they do have other players, don't they? They have other, they have other bowlers. Yeah, they do have other uh, bowlers, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Shranka did, you know, they did the business uh, kind of throughout the tournament, didn't they? So, yeah, they certainly seem to have bolstered this side, but they were looking pretty steady beforehand. Well, yeah, until that Jonathan Mendesova went for 25 against England. You're right, they did bowl uh, Holland out for 39, so they weren't doing too badly. But I did find it a bit surprising even coming into this tournament, that Herath isn't in the team, given that, you know, at test match level, he is their one world-class bowler, really. You've got to think that if you're world-class at test level, you're probably going to be halfway decent in T20. That's not necessarily true if you're a batsman, but I think if you're a, a bowler, particularly a spin bowler like Herath, I think that is true, because he's, you know, clearly capable of getting the best batsman out. He adds an extra dimension to this Sri Lankan bowling attack, which... Overall, is extremely good. You know, they've got Malinga, Kulasekara, uh, Senanayaka has done a job as well. So, you know, with that bowling attack, you've got to think that Sri Lanka are always going to be in the game. And I think that the remaining teams in the competition will be a little bit fearful of facing that attack. Disappointing for New Zealand, though, because they really would have fancied themselves to chase down 120. But I guess before the tournament, they wouldn't necessarily have identified Sri Lanka as the team that they thought they were going to beat. They maybe wouldn't have expected to beat them. I guess in the end, what cost them was losing to South Africa. You know, that last over from Dale Stain, which we talked about last week. Ultimately, that's probably probably been the, the crucial thing for New Zealand. Yeah, it's a shame. I thought they were going to get through. Uh, we both thought they were going to get through. Yeah, they, they had the batting to, to get past Sri Lanka there. Uh, yeah, they'll, they'll be extremely disappointed. Did they have some kind of brain fade, do you think? Uh, you know, McCullum charging out of his crease. Did the pressure get to them a bit? Well, they did. I mean, they collapsed and then you know, McCullum, Taylor and Nisham didn't even score, so... Yeah, it was kind of a Dutch-esque, yeah, as you say, kind of brain meltdown. It is strange, I, I, I don't know, that's been some kind of cricket unintelligence on the show, hasn't that? I mean, the Netherlands should have beaten South Africa. Uh, and they were just kind of trying to smash everything for, for six when they didn't, they barely, well, they didn't even need to run a ball, did they need to, like, kind of four and over or something. Which you can forgive in the Dutch, you know, as you know, inexperienced, not used to being in a situation where they're going to beat a side like South Africa... Um, but for New Zealand, it was disappointing. I think, yes, Hirath bowled extremely well. Yes, Sri Lanka in general bowled extremely well. Uh, but they will look back on that game, I think, and, and feel that they blew it a bit. So, yeah, Sri Lanka through, as I say, they'll face uh, West Indies. That's a repeat of the final from 2012, of course, which should be an excellent game. The other semi-final is India against South Africa. Can you see South Africa stopping India? Can anyone stop India, Tone? The only side unbeaten so far, and they've actually won very comfortably in every game they've played. Those spinners are proving uh, pretty effective on these surfaces. Yeah, have they really been challenged? I don't know. I'm going to be not, but they do look pretty good. Neither of us expected South Africa to be there. 
the way they went down to Sri Lanka suggested they wouldn't be, uh, uh, you know, in their opening game. But they've done pretty well, and with, with the Villiers there, you know, probably you'd say anything's possible. Yeah, his, I mean, innings, his innings the other day was ridiculous against England was ridiculous. Yeah, his uh, kind of jumping across to the offside and then flicking uh, was it was it Broad I think or Bresnan maybe that he just flicked for six yeah. into the stands. I mean, it was like the, the, the little flash game stick cricket, wasn't it? It was just perfect connection. It was an unbelievable innings. I mean, India won't bowl Jade Dern back at him, which, which <laughs> might make things a bit more challenging. But, yeah, you would say that, yeah, as much as these Indian spin bowlers have been dominant so far, if anyone's going to take them down, it's probably going to be A.B. de Villiers, who many would argue is the best batsman in the world at the moment and certainly seems to be in, in the best form. So you'd say, yeah, he at least give South Africa a chance, but you've got to think that India will probably be a bit too strong for this South African side. I mean, they certainly start as favourites. Do you think uh, that anyone from that other semi-final, Sri Lanka or West Indies, would, would they have enough to stop India? Well, yeah, I mean, we, we, we thought maybe West Indies looked very well balanced going into the tournament. They maybe look slightly overbalanced in, in, in the sense that all the damage really is coming from the lower order uh, or in every sense of the word, you know, it, it seems like Sammy dumped them out of the hole really today. Uh, and their bowling looks to be excellent, whereas they haven't really fired properly at the top of the order. You know, Gale, Gale has scored some runs. Uh, he's got a 50, hasn't he? Smith, Dwayne Smith has got a 50. But other than that, the top order haven't really got going. So, you know, there's no reason why Smith, well, Smith and Gale come off at the same time on Friday or whatever the game is. When's the game? Thursday. Yeah, if Smith and Gale come off on the, on Thursday, then then they're away. Then look out. Yeah, no, it's Friday. Oh no, Wednesday. You're right. Thursday. <laughs> Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, yeah, exactly. So I mean, they could easily come off and boom, boom, they're away. Yeah, you're right. If if the batting does come together, then that's a frightening prospect because as much as they've they've done really well to get into the semi-finals, they have you know they they've made it more difficult for themselves than perhaps they might have done. Uh, that that run chase against Australia was fantastic, but they left it very late. It was Darren Sammy that that finished the job. Came in and got thirty four from thirteen balls, struck consecutive sixes in the final over, uh, which was bobbed by James Faulkner, to win the game. Uh, and that, I I just thought that was amazing innings. I mean, for, Sammy gets so much stick, doesn't he? But right yeah, I mean, now he's the, he's the reason they're he's the re- well apart from the bowling, he is the reason they're in the semi finals. You know, he's. He's got the best average uh, in the competition. Uh, yeah, we've obviously 42 not out today. Uh, at the best strike rate. I don't think he's and been he's out yet. And he's got more than 100 runs. But no, he's been out once. Oh, he's not, I think he was out, yeah, he was out in the first game, but he's not been out since then. And right now, I'm not sure there's many people I'd rather have at the wicket in in the type of situation that, that Western were found themselves in against Australia. Arguably the best finisher in the business. Which is amazing because that's not you know that you wouldn't have said that about Darren Sammy not so long ago. Uh, but as I say, for there's having faced so many people telling him that he shouldn't be in the team to now be you know one of the best finishers in the world is you know his real testament to to him and to his his strength of character. I think. Should we talk about England? I'm not sure I really want to talk about England, but <laughs> should we talk about England? Uh, yeah. I had the day off work on Monday. And what a great way to spend it. You know, it was absolutely <laughs> glorious weather outside. Uh, and I was sat there on my sofa eating soup, uh, watching England just wilt to defeat against the Dutch. Lulled into a full sense of security when uh, Netherlands batted first. They were restricted to 1-3-3 for five. And England actually bowled reasonably well there. 
and you thought, you know, pretty small target. This shouldn't be too much of a problem for England, but it was just horrendous. 88 all out. Hales got 12, Bapara 18, Jordan 14, but the rest of the scorecard was just a phone number. Uh, and yeah, the, not only did Holland win, they won by 45 runs. They won very comfortably. This was a horror show turn. I mean, in what has unquestionably, I think, at this point, been the worst winter the England cricket team has ever had. Was this yeah, I mean, was this the worst performance of them all? Yes, probably is, isn't it? Arguably, uh, I mean, it is the worst winter I can remember for sure. Although, having said that, there have been some pretty bad winters and some pretty desperate World Cups at the end of them. Well, yeah, that's definitely true, but when you stack it up against what the expectations were at the start of the winter, that's the thing. I mean, in... You know, there have been winters in the 90s where England have just you know gone around the world getting beaten, but no one expected anything else. This has just been a real shock, I think. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, there, there are a number of aspects which are extremely disappointing about it. Having said that, I do think, I do get a bit bored of hearing how bad England have been in the sense that it seems like people expect England, uh, well, everyone expects everyone to be the best at everything all of the time. Yeah, obviously, obviously there are areas for improvement in the English side. Uh, you know, the, you know, putting batting, bowling, fielding, and backroom stuff. Yeah, and uh, captaincy as well. And captaincy, sorry, and probably selectors, <laughs> and probably media. Uh, you know, it all needs improving. But I do, I do kind of feel like there's such a hero and villain kind of mentality. Either sportsmen and, and English cricketers are heroes and geniuses and the best of their generation, or they're they're just deluded. That's the word I keep hearing all the time from Agnew. Uh, you know, deluded, like arrogant, stupid. Uh, I th- there doesn't seem to be a middle ground. Yeah, I absolutely take your point. I think um, it's ridiculous to demand perfection from a sports team, from the England cricket team. And, I, you know, a year ago, I would have said that's what was going on when, you know, they were. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Accused of uh, letting New Zealand off the hook because they didn't make them follow on even though they won the game inside three days. You know, that kind of stuff I thought was ridiculous. At no point would I say that the England cricket team this winter has been deluded or... Um, even has not been trying their best for the most part, but it's just not been good enough. As much as you can say, well, we can't demand perfection. To lose to the Dutch, 
is a catastrophe. Yeah. As, as well as the Dutch played, they are not even one of the strongest associate sides. They didn't qualify for the World Cup next year. Bakari, who got all the wickets in this game, was until quite recently the assistant uh, manager at a Burger King in Amsterdam mm-hmm. Airport. Yes, yeah, so you can have a bad game and obviously form can be quite erratic in 2020s and it can to an extent be a little bit of a lottery, but this isn't an isolated thing. In a way, it's not that surprising and that is probably the worst thing about it. There are wider kind of aspects to this. You know, The whole of English cricket is in a bit of a mess, not just this limited overs team. There are individuals that have performed well. Uh, there are those that haven't. Namely, you know, you know, some classic Dernbach stuff, and he is the pantomime villain now, isn't he? In the kind of in the way that Papara, I want to say, was because he probably still is to a certain extent. Certainly, still got the potential to be, but yeah, not, <laughs> yeah he's still, not so much anymore. He's, you know, he's, he's probably plumbed a greater depth than Papara in terms of the kind of England fan faith, isn't he? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, he's a figure of ridicule, and he wasn't even playing against the Dutch. I <laughs> know, and it still felt like it was his fault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you've got to give the Dutch some credit, I guess. They've, they've had a good tournament. What they did against Ireland was, was unbelievable, and they're a competitive team. You know, certainly our position, I think, you know, I don't want to be too reactionary, but our position now to a week ago on the role of the associate in the World 2020 has probably softened slightly, I would guess. They have to have done, I don't know. But, but that, yeah, that said, you know, England should be beating the Dutch. And uh, for all the stuff you hear from people bleating on about, how, about why we shouldn't call teams like Holland Minnows and all that nonsense they are you know they are Minnows so <laughs> yeah. we should be beat. they should be getting beaten it's as simple as that yeah and it's good that they're getting more competitive oh yeah I mean from a kind of wider cricketing perspective this was a fantastic result and yes you've got to say that the Dutch played some excellent cricket in this tournament they should have beaten South Africa as well they weren't too far off beating New Zealand against England they were absolutely terrific they were fantastic in the field Peter Boron the captain got his tactics spot on he put all his fielders in the right places. They bowled well. But even still, even with all of that, England should have won against this team. I mean, it was just... It was a pathetic batting display. Um, to only hit four boundaries is just desperate. And, you know, if you if you watched it, there was just... There was no conviction in any of their shots. And you know, once they lost a couple of early wickets, you could just see that they were nervous, that they were scared. And... It's strange in a way because they batted brilliantly in their previous games in this tournament. I, I, before the Holland game, I actually felt that they were a bit unlucky not to qualify because, you know, they chased down 190 to beat Sri Lanka. Uh, they only fell three runs short of chasing 197 to beat South Africa. You know, maybe the rain screwed them over a bit against New Zealand. So they actually played reasonably well. You know, spectacular 100 from Alex Hales against Sri Lanka. Great innings from Owen Morgan in that same game. So then for the Netherlands game to come along and for their performance to be so abject was, for me, a, a new low this winter, I think. I mean, you could on, on one level you could say, well, it doesn't matter, it was a dead rubber and you know they were already on the flight home, more or less. But it shouldn't have been that difficult to beat Holland, I don't think. Maybe it was complacency. I guess especially once, once they did keep them down to quite a small total, maybe they just thought, oh, it's job done. And that is what Ashley Giles put it down to. He said, yeah, it's, it, you know, maybe we were a bit complacent. But, I mean, what have they got to be complacent about at this point? But, you know, some of these players you know, aren't going to play for England again, are they? If they were complacent, there was no excuse for it. And it's stupidity to be complacent when a place in the England team is, is effectively at stake. Some of them will obviously play again. But there are, there are some that you just say, well, you know, I think probably now just say thanks very much. 
thanks for coming. Is Ashley Charles one of those people that you'd say thanks thanks for coming to? You know, is this is this curtains for his coaching ambitions? Can they possibly give him the job after this defeat? Uh, I, I don't, yeah, I would suggest that he doesn't get the job, which is a shame. But uh, you, know, you can argue maybe he's a victim of circumstance. He trying to do his best in the midst of a wider malaise in, in kind of English cricket. But then again, yeah, then again, he hasn't reproved, isn't proved anything, and to give him the job would just probably perpetuate this kind of yeah timid uh but he wasn't very convinced what he said after this defeat wasn't particularly convincing uh and he said some quite extraordinary things so yeah i'd say probably probably not yeah i mean you don't want to overreact to one defeat because as we say the dutch did play well and you know there were some mitigating circumstances in terms of it being a dead rubber but it's not an isolated moment is it it's been a it's been a desperate winter for england in all forms of cricket but including limited overs cricket and they only won two of the 12 T20s that they played this winter. And actually, over the last three years, really, the 2020 side has gone nowhere. If you think they were leading the world in 2010, and they're way behind now. And so that Sri Lanka victory the other day, which filled me with all this poisonous, uh, false hope, you know, that was the anomaly. And I just think they've gone backwards under Giles. And as much as I think he's a good man, and in some ways a, a very decent coach... I just don't think you can give him the job because other players really going to feel confident if he takes the job in Test cricket as well. I think after the winter that's unfolded, you've got to go outside of the tent. There's not many people outside of the tent that are saying they want the job, but I just don't think you can give it to someone who's been a part of the the problem. I guess the one ray of sunshine for England fans maybe is that uh, Australia also had a disastrous tournament. Uh, in some ways worse, I guess. I mean, all right, they didn't lose to Netherlands, but given that they came into the tournament as the favourites. I mean, you talked about how, in some ways, ridiculous it was just how far out they were in the in the betting. But they were definitely favourites and lost all three of their big matches. Uh, you know, that game against India, all right, they were already out, but, you know, they were bowled out for, what, 88? 86. Yeah, very poor. And, you know, we talked about, before the tournament, we talked about how in 2012, uh, 2012 they came into the event with no form, no expectations, and they got to the semi-finals. And this time they came in with big form, big expectations, uh, and they lost every game that mattered. What do you think went wrong for Australia? Did they just not adapt to the conditions? Yeah, perhaps they didn't quite have the personality. You know, uh, Mitch wasn't there, and he, you know, I don't know what he would have done. You know, he has been the figurehead of the team this winter. And we talked a lot in, you know, in in the Test arena this winter, just the way that Johnson inspires the rest of the team, the way he brings confidence to the rest of the team, they think, oh, we've got Johnson. And that makes them play with more confidence. So, yeah, not having him there, I guess, was you know a blow to the confidence. Uh, yeah, uh, and then, you, but then the batting, we said, you know, looks phenomenally strong, and it, and it does. It is a, it's a frighteningly strong batting lineup. Again, didn't really, didn't really fire. Maybe it's as simple as some of those key players who have been in tremendous form for you know the last six months pretty much are just beginning to lose that form. People like Warner, people like Watson, people like Haddon, who just punished England this winter. Inevitably, form can't last forever and they just no. maybe it just seems to be waning a little bit. All right, it's only 2020 and you can never be too sure um, whether people actually are in form or not. Uh, but yeah, Warner and Watson and Co. They just they did they didn't get going, did they? Yeah, well, I mean Warner didn't get past fifty in in the four games, uh, and he's one of the players you think, given as well what he did against England. Yeah, that was a fairly insipid England performance, which he capitalised on. Uh, but he's got to be one of the players that 
is capable of scoring, you know, getting past the hundred in no time at all. So disappointing from Warner, I'd have said for sure. Yeah, and, and when the batting doesn't fire, it does put a magnifying glass on the fact that perhaps that bowling attack isn't the strongest in the world, and maybe we didn't focus on this enough because if you look at it on paper, especially without Johnson, it's not nearly as good as a lot of the other teams. Mitchell Stark was supposed to be a trump card, wasn't he? But against West Indies, he just got tonked around. So the great disappointment of his father, Ned, and his brothers, Rob, Bran, Rickon, and Ashton Agar. They don't really have spinners either, because the spinners, as we've seen, have been the key bowlers throughout the tournament. And it does seem like each of the four sides in the semi-finals has got at least one match-winning spin bowler. And Australia don't have that. They don't have anything like that. You know, they brought James Muirhead, who's about 12, and they brought Brad Hogg, who's about 50. And, uh, you know, at best, that's a gamble. And at worst, it's, you know, pretty stupid, I guess. And, yeah, they just they weren't able to dry up their runs against either Pakistan or West Indies. So in retrospect, it's almost like, well, yeah, I guess obviously they weren't they weren't going to be good enough. But then any, everything's obvious in retrospect, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, I'd say that. Uh, yeah, I mean, they'll be disappointed. You know, I'm not, not too disappointed for them. Really. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not <laughs> that <laughs> gutted. enough joy. Yeah, you let someone else have a turn, lads. Can I get a prediction from you then? Who's going to win this tournament, Tone? <sighs> well, not really. But, 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 <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I get you would say India probably have the best chance. Uh, I'd put India favourites. I've not looked at the odds. I would probably say India favourites. You know, Rohit Sharma has done it a couple of times. Kohli looks pretty irresistible. Uh, and with the bowling attack as well, they, yeah, they'd probably, you'd probably fancy them to at least get to the final. Harder to predict a winner of Sri Lanka West Indies, I'd say. That should be a fantastic game. I really think that could be a fantastic game. I. Oh, it's very difficult to say. I mean, yeah, just in terms of percentages, you'd, you'd say that India have to be the favourites. But as we know, anything can happen in 2020. You only need one or two players to play outstandingly well. It only needs, you know, Samuel Badri to get Kohli early, Malinga to blow away a couple of Indian wickets, Gale to get after Ashwin, you know, something like that. And suddenly the favourites tag goes out the window, doesn't it? So anything could happen. I'd make India favourites, but I'm going to stick my neck out and say that West Indies are going to defend their title. Well, bold. Can we talk about the DJ, Tone? <laughs> we can. There's a Smith song, isn't there, that goes, hang the DJ, hang the DJ, hang the DJ, hang the DJ, hang the DJ. Uh, around about the middle of last week, uh, he discovered the Beatles <laughs> and just started playing A Hard Day's Night after every boundary and wicket. And then at the weekend, he discovered The Clash and has just been playing London Calling after every boundary and wicket. Yeah. That's just been in my head all week now. There should be some kind of moratorium on playing international music at any event. Bangladesh is staging the tournament. You'd say principally for the home crowd. You know, I don't want to be the guy who dictates what's going on in Dakar from St. Peterport. But it is bloody annoying, isn't it? And there are songs that are played at all international sporting events all the time, and it's just annoying. They're still playing Gangnam Style. I'm I'm still standing, whatever it is. (laughs) You hate that song so much. I hate it. I hate it. Uh, But yeah, like it's just songs that are like threes. Either play the most current Bleeding Edge. Even by Bleeding Edge, I mean just anything that's maybe in the charts at the moment. 
don't just shove Gangnam Style down our throats <laughs> time and time again. But that's relatively recent compared to yeah. a lot of the playing. It's just bizarre. Like, why did why has he picked a Hard Day's Night and why does he play that over and over <laughs> again? It's not even like he's got like a rotation of five or six songs that he plays. He was playing a Hard Day's Night after each boundary <laughs> in that uh, England South Africa game. It was just happening like three or four times and over. The ball would disappear to the fence, and then you just hear this. It's been a hard day's night. It's like, cuts to the crowd, and they're all going loopy, dancing around. What's going on? Uh, should we wrap DJ up? Oxy. We haven't even talked about Hales or anything. What did you want to say about Hales? Well, it was bloody brilliant, wasn't it? <laughs> it was bloody brilliant. I think I did mention it, but you were just um, you were on uh, Candy Crush or something. Much like England in the world 2020, this episode of the World Cricket Show is ending in disaster. And it's now time for us all finally to go home. But I guess we already are at home, Tone. We're both at our homes, aren't we? Yeah, we are, thankfully. Uh, but you know what I mean. Have you had fun tonight? No, yeah, I've enjoyed it. Apart from that, I've got earbuds in and they start to hurt after a while, don't they? What do we do next? Well, we got the final, haven't we? <laughs> Semis. What do we do next? Yeah, semi-finals... <laughs> Uh, Thursday and Friday final on Sunday so we'll be back I guess Monday or Tuesday next week uh, d- to discuss that conclusion to the World 2020 imagine this time next time we talk to each other on the podcast we'll know the winner we'll know the winner of the tournament we'll have a fancy league winner as well frightening to think about that <laughs> can only hope that it's me <laughs> the consequences will be interesting <laughs> there's actually there's a lot going on in the cricketing world at the moment so we still haven't talked about Jonathan Trott uh, there's all sorts going down in India, fixing crisis. Srinivasan's been asked to step down. Um, county but... cricket gets underway on Sunday. <laughs> the uh, all the fireworks of county cricket. That's very exciting. So yeah, I mean we're going to talk about all of this stuff at some stage. But if, with World Twenty Twenty, it's just how do you fit it in? I, I guess it sort of makes you wish we were doing more than one podcast a week, doesn't it? Uh, I suppose we'll have to talk about county cricket, won't we? Because we'll have to know some of the players that are going to play for England in May or April or whatever it is. It might actually be and when is the test? What's the first test? Uh, the, oh. the test isn't until June. Uh, it's nuts, isn't it? It's mental. Yeah. Did you have a good weekend, Tone? I didn't ask you this at the top of the show like I normally do. Sunshine. We had sunshine. Weather. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Excellent weekend, thanks. Very long. Yeah? Begun on Tuesday. Really. Your weekend begun on Tuesday. Well, I, no, I had work as well, but... I'd... Uh, like <laughs> Most people don't. From Tuesday. People don't really refer to it as a weekend if they have to go to work. <laughs> no, that's no, sort of the whole me. point. It seemed like you had another uh, another big one on Saturday night, uh, <laughs> just because I played football with you on Sunday and then went to the pub with you and some others to watch uh, Liverpool Tottenham, and uh, you plonked yourself down and got someone to order you a burger, uh, and then I went outside with a good friend of the show, Jimmy. You know, it was as I say, it was sunny. We were just soaking up some sunshine out there for about 20-25 minutes, came in towards the end of the game, uh, and you weren't there. And I was like, oh, where's Tony gone? Uh, and someone else said, oh, he's just gone home for a nap before his second dinner. <laughs> You'd had the burger, gone home to nap, getting ready for your roast. Well, I think it's the, the changing of the clocks played absolute havoc <laughs> Saturday night. So it's only an hour. Going to bed way too late, getting up far too early, really. <laughs> Bloody, I'm really annoyed about the time the clock's changing as well. Why? Because, uh, because I spent all of last week and you know, some of the week before, well, particularly last week, the, the particular shift I was on at work, 
watching live score update cricket and then catching up the highlights. And then uh, then I was starting later on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday this week. So Monday morning comes, I'm thinking like, brilliant, you know, the cricket will start and I'll have an hour and a half. I can watch it for an hour and a half before I go to work. Uh, sat down to watch the cricket and then realised it's a bloody hour later, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So I was like, well, I get to watch none of it now. <laughs> we, really irritating. I'm sure we talk about this every year, but it is true. It always amazes me. People can't get their head around the clocks changing. <laughs> it's all anyone's talking about this week. I just can't believe it. It's so light in the evenings. I just, where's this time? I lost an hour of sleep. I just, I don't know what to do. Like, it's like, it happens every year. It's probably, I would say it's the most predictable aspect of the year. So I've got two clocks in my car. I've got one, you know, the kind of like uh, analog clock in the, the kind of middle dash. Mm-hmm. And then there's a digital, little digital clock. For some reason, they, I don't know why they have two clock faces, a little digital clock in the, like under the speedo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know one of them's right half the year and the other one's right the other half the year it's perfect so I just all I have to do is remember which one it's quite a good little uh, sort of um, quite an apt summary of your life in a way isn't it it's just (laughs) it's all there but it's just never quite in sync it's never quite all together Uh, right should we yeah, should we call it a day? Yeah, I'll just quickly uh, give the good the good people listening at home some information about how they can find out more about us. Not about us. I've got some tweets to send. You got some tweets. Well, you start tweeting, and uh, just finish that game of Scrabulous that you've been playing as well. Yeah. And I'll just tell them about our Facebook page, which is facebook.com/slash Cricket Show. Like us there. Uh, we've gone back up the charts, Tom. We are once again Guernsey's third most popular Facebook page, and climbing fast. I, I mean, there's a few. There's a, I hate to tell you, I hate to break the news to you, uh, but there's a there's a photographer from, from Guernsey. Oh, get out! Who's got uh, 123,000 likes? Can we not? Facebook. Can we not count him? I don't think he, I don't think photography really counts. What's it? his name? Uh, Carl Taylor. Carl, what? Carl with a K? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's from Guernsey. All right. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Well, that's very disappointing. Okay, well, we are so Guernsey's... Annoyingly, we're never going to beat that. We're Guernsey's fourth most popular Facebook page. Not with that attitude, Tone. We're not going to beat that. <laughs> we, all right, yeah, we've got a long way to go, but, you know, one one step at a time. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can follow the show, at Cricket Show. Follow Tony, at Tony Cover, T-O-N-Y-C-V-R-R. And follow me, at Adam Bayfield 12 I've only tweeted a couple of times, to be honest. Because if it's not about cricket, I found that I'm le- I'm not as desperate to post things that aren't about cricket as I thought I was. Uh, but I did post something about my Sunday walk the other day. So uh, there you go. Follow me there. Uh, send us an email, worldcricketshow at gmail.com. You can find all of this stuff on our online website, which is cricketshow.net. Uh, and if you've got a spare couple of minutes this week, we would really appreciate it if you wrote a little review for us on iTunes because that does really help uh, in our ongoing quest to attract new listeners. Uh, so thanks to everybody who has done that. But that's it, I think. Apologies that we've been on Skype again. Uh, you can blame Tony for that, but hell. I, I, I can blame him. I can see him and I could not stay mad at that face. I'll tell you, I'll tell you that much. Um, but yeah, stay in school, everyone. Uh, we'll be back next week in the studio it's been epic. to talk about the World 2020 conclusion. Thanks for coming down, Tone. Go go back to your uh, Age of Empires game. All these references that you're teasing out here. Yeah. I've just got a shelf. I've got a shelf of games here. Get, I, I can go on for a while if you want. 
Go back to your um. Go back to your roller coaster tycoon game. Go, go back, back to your. Go back to Airport Inc. Go back to airline tycoon. Go back to Moon Tycoon. Go back to Railroad Tycoon Two. I was a big fan of the tycoon games when I was a kid. Can you tell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are you not some kind of massive tycoon now? <laughs> well, I am. I, the, 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 <laughs> the the last game on the shelf is a podcast tycoon. It really paid off. All right, I think that must be it. See you next time, everybody. Bye-bye for now. Can smell your fear. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.